Last week we uh, were speaking about Pentecost and we started this series um, on the Holy Spirit and life in the Spirit. And today, the, um, the, the today I've called it God with us. God with us. And really the heart of, of today is just really grasping that thing of the deep reality of what that, what that means, that God Almighty is with us today. This week it's been a really it's been a it's been a challenging week, hasn't it? It's been a significant week in Hong Kong. Been living through what people are going to look back on as as history. The largest demonstrations in 20 years have taken place in our city, just over the mountains over there. It's a really significant time. We've seen we've seen the how it spilled over as well into areas of violence and just the importance of this and us as a church we've been praying a number of other churches all over Hong Kong have been praying because it's, it's such an important moment it's such an important time and in, it's in times like these like what we like the situation that's going on at the moment and other times all over the world that there can be uncertainty there can be fear there can be anxiety there can be worry can be worried about okay what's actually going to happen in the long run what's the future of look, look like for, for our city, for Hong Kong. And in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the calamities that we see in our world, we as children of God, yeah, we're called to pray. We're called to pray, we're called to pray for Hong Kong. And also in the midst of that, as we're praying, we'll also not live in fear, that we wouldn't be people who live in fear, but rather bring hope to the city. There's this verse from 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God will never give you a spirit of fear. God will never give you a spirit of fear. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. If, if we find we've got a day and we're living, whether it's to do with the situation we're facing in Hong Kong or anything else, where we're living in fear, that isn't a spirit that is from God. He, God Almighty, has given us the Holy Spirit. That we would live, that we would live in love and power and have sound minds. You know, when we're a people and we live in that place and we live from that place, that will bless Hong Kong. We will be a blessing to so many people in our spheres of influence who we're coming across, who we see day in and day out, who are questioning things, who are living in anxiety, who are fearing the many things in these days. And today, I want to get back to basics. I want to encourage us in this life in the Holy Spirit and my heart and my prayer is that we're going to leave here today on a different level. That we're going to leave with this bigger expectation of God in our lives. That we're going to leave with a clear understanding of who he is. Who is the Holy Spirit? What his identity is? And for some of you guys, it may be completely new. You may never have heard this before. For some of you, it maybe it's just a good reminder. My heart is that you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not already his child today, if you're not already a child of God, if you're not already, you, you don't already call the Father, Father, that you would become his child today, whether you're sat here in this place or you're listening on the podcast. So today's big idea, what the sermon's titled after, is the Spirit of God 
is with us. The Spirit of God is with us. God is with us. And it can seem so obvious, especially if you've been around church for a long time. It can seem so obvious, can't it? It can seem, it, it can seem like it's just, well, of course God's with us. He's God. But it can be so easy for it to be just an idea in our heart. It can be just a concept, some religious concept that we have. Yeah, sure, God's everywhere. He's with us. Not something that affects and impacts and completely changes our mind about the real, raw reality of our day-to-day lives. I feel the Lord today wants us to be walking out of here with the knowledge that he is there, that, it, that he is there, that he is with each and every single one of us who have received him. He is with us in might and in power. That like we said last week about Pentecost, he has been poured out upon us, poured out upon his children, that we can be clothed with him, that we can be anointed with him to in turn, as we go out into our lives, see him pour out of us. You see, seeking and desiring and asking for the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says ask for the Holy Spirit, is asking not to feel tingly and have some kind of weird tingly experience and then just crack on with life as normal. It's asking to be filled with the presence of God that you can partner with God in order to reach the world. You know, it's one of the most generous things that you can do because it's not a thing of pursuit of self. It isn't this pursuit of some new religious experience that just happens to be about you. It is this place of seeking deep intimacy with him, deep intimacy, deep relationship with him, that you may be clothed in ability, that you may be able to walk out that commission. Remember, we spoke about this last week. Walk out that commission that he has called us to walk out with him alongside us, empowering us, leading us. I found this week very hard to prepare for. I found it exceptionally difficult to prepare for. Um, Rickett knows we were sat in here and I said, I'm, I've, I've, got to, I've got to go. And I was just kind of really churned up inside. I just couldn't, I just couldn't prepare. And so I had to, I had to leave and, and go out of this place. And I thought, man, what's going on? I think I said to Rickett, the music in here is just like driving me nuts. I cut like something. I just was felt stirred up. Actually, in hindsight, I think it was God doing something. Because I think there's something in this situation that I faced whilst trying to prepare this, that the Lord, just in that situation, wanted to kind of communicate to us today about our lives in the Holy Spirit and living with the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share a little bit about that story. So I couldn't prepare. And so I left. I left the hive thinking, ah, you know, I can't do it here. I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to Starbucks. All good things happen in Starbucks. I'm going to go to Starbucks. I've got my table picked out, table in the back left, the one that's about minus four degrees. And I thought, I know, I'm just, because I've written sermons there before. I feel confident. I, I can do that. I can do that. I know it. I, I, I feel that's my kind of place. All right, if I'm not doing it in the hive, I'll go do it there. So I went, I went there and I walked in and I just didn't feel any peace. The table was taken. The place, the place was rammed. And you know, you know what, 
I, I realized when I was there that God calls us out past our ability so that we must wait wait for his ability so I couldn't do it here and I was just like okay well go somewhere else where and I I went and I went to the place where I felt I was able and even there I was just God kind of just closed the door on that place so it was round and I was getting more and more stressed and I walked out. It was like a bear walking around Sai Kung, just kind of like, ah, like this. I was going to all the different places. I kind of maybe would feel comfortable. Maybe I'd go to Little Cove. Maybe I'd go to the center. No, it's still shut. You know, it's still too early in the morning. I was just like, ah, um, and going around all these different places. And, and I, was, I just came to the end of myself. And that's something we've got to come to the ends of ourselves where we say, not in my strength, God, but in your strength. And I was just in that place, almost in desperation, saying, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And also it's stressful for me because it's the end of the week. There's like, I see the time ticking down and everything's constrained. And I'm like, God, I can't do this. What do you want me to do? Key word. Recognizing we can't, but he can. Recognizing he's got the word for the breakthrough. Where do you want me to go? to write this sermon. Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm trying to write a sermon about you. I need you. Help me. Where where can I write this thing? I can't do this without you. And I asked, Lord, where is the peace for this thing? Where is the victory for writing this sermon? And do you know what he said? He stood there, Sycam Square, and he said, go to McDonald's. I was like, McDonald's? I didn't even know you were allowed in there, God. You know? <laughs> McDonald's a breeding place for liars, you know? <laughs> Where did you go for lunch? Oh, you just grab something quick in town. No one wants to admit to it. They went to McDonald's. Okay. Go to McDonald's to write a sermon? No. What? Yeah, and he said, go to McDonald's to write a sermon and write it on your phone. Write it on the notepad. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to do something great here. How can I go and write a sermon that's any good about you on my phone in McDonald's? I couldn't concentrate in the hive. I couldn't, I couldn't get a seat in Starbucks. How is this going to come in McDonald's? God took me to a place where I couldn't. He took me to a place where my, I look at it and just on the surface, like my abilities to write something, to, to engage with God, to be like, Lord, what are you doing? It's just shot to bits. I, I couldn't do it. He took me to a place that no sermon should probably ever be written. Yeah. I'll tell you a secret about me as well, which almost adds to this, my inability, is a secret about me is one thing that is... The sound of eating, when I am not eating, it's all right when I'm eating. The sound of eating, when I am not eating, causes in me to have murderous intent. So I was actually quite relieved when I found out. There's a BBC article. It's a real thing, by the way. Um, The Lord's still working, working on me. But like, honestly, when I hear people eating and it's like that, I just like, There's a lot of anger inside me. Not a great state, spiritual state to be in. So guess what people usually do at McDonald's? Okay, And I'm not eating there. Guess what people do at McDonald's? 
They eat, don't they? And so as I sat there sharing a table, one of those ones which is like half the size of this, so I'm like this with the lady, there's a lady sat diagonally opposite me eating her breakfast, eating pancakes. Eating pancakes with her whole mouth. Oh, every part of her mouth. Just sat, grace like a river. So she's still alive, she's fine. So as I sat there, and I just watched this flow of people coming into, from Sai Kung, just coming into McDonald's. He just whispered to me, these are the people I've come here for. These are the people that my pouring out of you, my pouring out of my church is to touch. And it just began to speak to me. He said, there is a world going to hell, living outside of the kingdom of God, and they need to experience it. We don't need to tell the world about their mistakes you know, and their, their mess-ups. Most people already know. They need to hear of the Savior and see his power over the thief, over the liar, over the one who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know what, guys? When we're in church, we fight for each other. And I love that. You know, I love that. That's a beautiful thing about church. We pray for each other. We've got that WhatsApp group. Something, something happens. Sickness comes on somebody. It's like we're an army that we rally around each other. We pray for each other. We support each other. We lift each other up. But who takes the kingdom to them? Because the truth is, it's not just us that are assailed. They are assailed. They are lied to by the enemy. They are battered by sickness and disease. They are tormented physically, mentally, and emotionally by a merciless enemy who has already been defeated, who has been defeated, who has had his head crushed by Jesus and has had his authority taken away from him. Jesus defeated him on the cross, didn't he? He wrested the authority and the power back from him. He's completely compromised. Satan now has no authority, save that which we give him. Jesus Christ is, isn't he? Jesus Christ has given us, he's given us the church, the body of Christ, the children of God. He's given us authority in his name over all of the power of the enemy. That's the life he calls us to. Not some schedule to come to church every Sunday. It's great and it's important to meet together, but it's not about this regular coming together. It's not just that. It is that we would live a life overcoming the darkness, not in our strength, but in his strength. He's called us to this life of victory for ourselves and also for the world, a world that so needs to hear it. And how do we live in that? How do we live in that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God with us, clothing us and anointing us. And that makes our reality and the truth that we live in completely different to everybody else we're around. God Almighty, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fills us with his fullness. God, three distinct persons, three distinct persons, all totally unique, totally one at the same time. Jesus, separate 
enough, an individual enough that today he's seated on a throne in heaven alongside the Father. But also one enough, united enough that by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of Christ, he is here right now in this place dwelling in your hearts. That he would never leave you, he would never forsake you, that he is God with us. Guys, the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost that we would be filled, filled and clothed, that the manifest presence of God would be pouring out of us, would be touching people, that would be put upon a man or a woman and would pour out and impact all those around them. And as I was sat there, so I'm still, I'm still in McDonald's, I'm still writing this stuff, and it was at this point I just got totally overwhelmed. It was an amazing burger. No, well, not like that. I didn't have a burger. I just got totally overwhelmed. And I carried on writing and I wrote, do we put the brakes on this God filling us up and pouring out of us? Do we hold back sometimes the majesty that he wants to display through each and every single one of us? And then I wrote, I can barely write this because something crazy began to happen to me. And my hands felt like they were full of electricity. And my hands got so, they were vibrating and they were, they, I could describe them as numb almost, but I had to put the phone down on the table. And I just, I just sat there. And I, I just, in McDonald's, I just sat there and I just felt God just flowing through me. I just couldn't write. I was literally just vibrating there. And I was just like, God, you're so amazing. This place of my inability, McDonald's, where my ability and my comfort to, to do what I felt I was called to do just was completely absent. It was in that, I had probably one of the most incredible experiences with God that I've had for quite a long time. It's just incredible. It felt like electricity was running through my whole body. And I wasn't overly emotional, guys. And you, you guys know, I cried like everything. I cried at a picture a few weeks ago. It's ridiculous. But I wasn't emotional with this. It wasn't like that. It was like there was something on me that I'd been plugged in. And I literally couldn't type on my phone if I'd wanted to. My hands were buzzing. Do you remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood? And she says, she says, if only I could touch his clothes. And she goes and she forces through the crowds. And Jesus has got people knocking him all, the, all over the place. And she touches him. And Jesus says, who touched me? And everyone says, what are you talking about? Everyone's touching you. Um, and he says, no, I felt power go out of me. I've never fully been able to quite understand what, he, quite what that would have felt like. But I understand now. Because in that moment, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And it felt, as it began to dissipate later on, when it went down, it felt like the voltage had been turned down. You f I felt a difference. I felt a change. But you know what? It's not just for, for tingles. It's for something else. And I have to hold my hand up to something because I feel I, I messed up. There was this lady there in McDonald's and she has, I believe she has special needs. And I was so ready to go and speak to her. So ready to go, come on, let's go pray for her. 
And I just had this picture and image in my mind of saying, excuse me, can I pray for you? And then it turns into this whole massive uh, thing with misunderstanding and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, felt I, I felt I couldn't because of communicating well. Hashtag stupid Christian, James. This sermon, and I only realized this this morning, I'd written that out, but then I'd only realized the depth of it this morning. This sermon is all about how you can't, but he can. All about our inability and God's ability through us. That's why I was in McDonald's in the first place. I messed it up and I hold my hands up to that. I messed it up. I feel completely gutted by that, that I didn't just stand up and go and go and try something and see what see what happened, see what God did. I missed the opportunity to walk in the very lesson that I was going to be standing up here and am doing now to actually preach on. So I'm just like, oh, God. And you know what? I remember sat, sat there thinking, I think if I touch the wall, the wall's going to fall over. Like, it was that, it was that intense. It was like, anything's going to happen, you know? Anything could happen. And... That's what we want in Sai Kung, isn't it? It's great. All the words are great. The teachings and those things are great. But we want to see the power of God, isn't it? We want to see the power of God here in this place. That's what I want. But you know, guys, that it's not going to come through us just being awesome. It's going to come through his spirit. No matter how dry or incapable we feel, the Spirit of God is the one that brings life. The Spirit of God's the one that brings the breakthrough. It's in His strength, in His ability, not yours. It's by His might, not yours. And that's why it's so important that we live lives knowing God is with us. God is with us. Remember with Ezekiel, God takes Ezekiel in the Spirit to the Valley of Dry Bones. And there, there's this powerful lesson we can learn for just walking out our lives in the spirit. And it says this, Ezekiel 37, 4 to 6. It says, Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I, the Lord, am going to put breath into you and make you live again. See, we are filled and clothed with the Holy Spirit for a purpose, for an assignment. Yes, that's our point of intimacy and we grow in relationship with God. That's key and core. But it's for an assignment as well, to bring the life of God into the dry places of the world, into the dryness and death of the world. And the beauty is we are invited to co-labor with God. Co-labor with God. We're called to act. Speak to the dry bones. Speak to these bones. But the life, the power, the breakthrough, it comes because of the Holy Spirit, because of the Spirit of God. The power of, for the breakthrough is that working of the Holy Spirit through us. We live in the Spirit there's life in the spirit, acting, walking out, partnering with God from a place of rest. This is important, important to know that we living in a place of rest. See, Ezekiel doesn't need to do a bunch of stuff to be holy enough or a, bun in this, or a bunch of stuff to be, to be good enough. 
he doesn't need to go and actually make anything happen. It's just the thing that God is saying to him, just speak, speak the word of the Lord. This life in the Holy Spirit is not one of toil. It's not one of effort to earn God's miracles. It all comes out of this place of rest, of resting in him, of resting in Christ's victory. See, if you're agitated and frustrated and you're trying to do ministry, trying to do ministry, trying to make it happen, that is you being the might and the power. On the other hand, complete opposite to that, if you aren't acting, if you're not, if you're, if you're not acting in faith from that place of rest to step out, to declare, to speak the words of God into a situation, you're just waiting for something to happen. You're not co-laboring with God. Being a co-laborer with God means that you and the Holy Spirit, together, God with us, work together to see something happen, to see a result. See, it's, it's not... Yeah, God is out there working, but it's not you laboring away, doing something over there, and God is doing something completely abstract over there you've got completely no idea about, and God's like, hey, let's touch base when you die. You know, This working with God is working with God. And sure, he's doing a whole bunch of stuff we don't know about. But this co-laboring with God, this co-working with God, this life in the Spirit where he is right alongside us and we're walking out, it's not him doing something random. It's you two working together to see a result. Great example is Paul. Paul and the Holy Spirit fully preach the gospel with signs and wonders. We said last week, Paul can't do the signs and wonders. It's the Holy Spirit doing the signs and wonders, isn't it? But it's Paul and the Holy Spirit. It's a man and God side by side bringing the kingdom into the world. Paul acted. Paul did, didn't he? Paul worked his socks off. It's not just about sitting around. He worked his socks off. That's why he had to wear sandals. But it was all from a place of rest, even if he's physically tired. It's from a place of rest in God and co-laboring with him. All the miracles, all the guidance, all the wisdom that Paul worked out his life with, it's all about God with him. What are you and the Holy Spirit co-laboring in together? Maybe you haven't even thought of it like that. Maybe today that's something you need to do is have a pray, get with, get with the Holy Spirit, say, hey, what are we going to do together? I need to remind myself of this. A lot, especially with church planting, with launching church and things like that. If church is going to get where we want to get to, it's not going to get to under the. It's not going to get there under the power of under the power of James. It, even us all working together, we could do something great. We could do something awesome. You know, build a tower of Babel. You know, or we could do it all. You know, but we're not going to get to where God wants us to get to unless we're co-laboring with him. That's what's going to take us to the place where we become all that he dreams for us to be. Let's talk a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is. Do you see the Holy Spirit as a person? Do you see the Holy Spirit as a person? He is not an it. Okay? So when you speak about the Holy Spirit, 
Don't use the word it. Say he. It's a person. He's not a force. He's not a power. He is very powerful, but he is not a power. We aren't Jedi's. As cool as that may be seems, we're not Jedi Knights, you know. The Holy Spirit is not a power to wield. He is a person to work with. It's so important, guys. The Holy Spirit is not a power to wield. He is a person to work with. It's about this deep relationship with Holy Spirit, that the presence of God, that you are there in him. It's about this place of relationship and working with him to see wonders happen, not that he's some massive, like, God force that we, that we wield, that we manipulate for our own ends. It's not like that. The Greek word for that the God uses, that the Bible uses to speak about the Holy Spirit is this word, the parakletos, which means one who comes alongside to aid, a helper. It's, it's actually the same word that the Bible uses when, when God says to Adam, I'm going to send you a helper. It's the same word. Isn't that amazing? That the same word for the, the used for the Holy Spirit and the same word used for the, the wife coming alongside is it's the same word. That that speaks about the level of intimacy that we're called to in the Holy Spirit. This one he's one coming alongside, the comforter, the teacher, the guide. So important that we see the Spirit as God the Holy Spirit as well not there's God and he's kind of got this Holy Spirit messenger person you know who does is very powerful that the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit coming alongside us working with us if we try and use the Holy Spirit we try and wield the Holy Spirit there's an aspect of that where we violate this relationship of love that we have with God that we have with him that relationship is what it's all about. I felt God saying uh, when I got to this part that this is one of the core things he wants us to take away. Knowing him, that we would see him with no confusion. Not this mysterious like swirling force, but rather the tangible, real presence of God here with us, working with us, alongside us, through everything. Is that who he is to you? Is that who he is to you? The Holy Spirit also isn't new. Jesus says, when, when, I, when I go, go to heaven, I'm going to send the, the Holy Spirit. It doesn't suddenly appear then. He's not new. Remember back in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. He's the power through which creation was created. He's the partner in creation. If you think on that, you've got the ultimate power in the universe that existed before time on you and in you. To be honest with you, sometimes when I really meditate on that and I think about that, it freaks me out a little because it is so massive. It is so massive. You know, it's it's so gigantic. It's and it's it it's this incredible gift that, that, that we've been given, that we could have a relationship with him, that he would fill us, that he would empower us. 
It's incredible. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. See, it is through the Holy Spirit that we now commune with the Father and the Son. They're in total unity. There is no separation. Like we said, there's no separation within them. There's this personality. There is uniqueness. They form the Godhead. They had loving relationship. Some, some people say, well, does God make us because he needed somebody to love? No, he was already in loving relationship with himself before the foundation of the world. The most incredible relationship you can ever imagine. Love itself in relationship. And it's that relationship that we're invited back into, that Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could come back into that, so that we could experience that, that we could live in the very midst of, of God. See, Jesus went through the pain of the Father turning his face away from us so that if you receive him, if you receive his righteousness, we would never have to go through the pain of the Father turning his face away from you. That is huge. That's huge. See, for, the per- for a person to be in the presence of God, that's amazing. For the Holy Spirit to completely fill them and flow out of them, that people around them experience the kingdom, that they experience God himself. They, they experience the king from being, there's a, from being around them. There's a story of Smith Wigglesworth, uh, I shared it a little while ago, where people that would just be around him, there was one guy who was sharing a train carriage with him, and he said, when I'm just being around you, convicts me of my sin, that I, that I need to get right with God. That there's this thing of the presence of God. That's, we are, that's who we are. The light, bringing his light into the world. So when we speak about his presence and pursuing his presence, that's what we're speaking about. This being deep in God, going deeper and deeper, being filled and filled to overflowing that God would just pour out of us, that we would dwell and live in that place of relationship and intimacy with him. God Almighty is present with us by God the Holy Spirit. He's right there. He's right here with us. He's here with us today. And it's our first core value as a church that we would have a heart for pursuing his presence. That we would pursue his presence above all else. The place of meeting, the place of presence is in the spirit. In the spirit, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Do you guys see that this pursuit of God, this pursuit of the presence is this understanding, this real living in the reality of God with us? It's not some sideline snippet of pneumatology, which is like the study of the Holy Spirit and all this, but that actually it's core. It's core. If we don't have a life abiding in the Holy Spirit, then how are we abiding in Christ? actively day in and day out abide in him in the spirit see christ sent the holy spirit so that in and through the spirit we would be able to abide in him because the spirit is the spirit of christ 
Romans 8, 9. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you're joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, sorry, if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. See, if you're joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are of Him, you are in Him. John 15, 4. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. That intimate joining, it's this life in the Spirit where we abide in Christ because apart from Him, we'll accomplish nothing. Apart from being in Christ, we're going to live a life that's fruitless. Does it sound familiar? We looked at something very similar last week. What is the fruit that He's called us to produce? There's a whole bunch of stuff. But one thing, go into all the world preach the gospel, make disciples. And what does he say? But first wait, wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because without him, we're going to see nothing. We said that last week, didn't we? That it's not in our strength, it's in his. Because in the Spirit, we find our place of abiding in Christ, which is a place of rest. Remember Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's not like we come to Christ and he's, he, he piles burdens upon us. It's a life of rest. But also, abiding in the Spirit is our place of victory. It's a place of victory where we don't fight the battle but we declare the victory of the battle that Christ has already fought and has already won that will lead to much fruit. See, the breakthrough and all these things, just like we said last week about Pentecost and waiting for the Holy Spirit to fill us, it, it's not in our might and our strength, but it's all in His. When we go skydiving, and here's just something to think about, about us day to day, walking this out, walking out God with us. When we go skydiving, hopefully you take a parachute you take a parachute when you go swimming hopefully you put on swimming you put on a swimming costume when you go skiing you put on skis don't you when you leave the house in the morning make sure you've got your stuff you put on clothes but I think quite often as Christians and I put myself in this so much how easy can it be for us to leave our house in the morning and sure God's with us but without consciously putting on God praying for that anointing afresh God fill us afresh clothe us afresh with your spirit with your spirit that I know the number of days I've just left the house with so much stuff going through my head and I'm, I'm walking around yes I am saved I'm secure I'm filled with the spirit inside but on me clothed clothing on me the spirit of god on me i'm walking around spiritually starkers you know i'm not equipped for the work set before me today 
We can spend, I certainly have, spend more time putting on clothes and makeup, you can tell, in the morning than putting on the Holy Spirit, just getting with Him. Instead of checking Facebook or checking the, the WhatsApp, the, the email, the thing for finding out what has happened that day. Hey, what happened yesterday? Let's have a think about what's going to happen today. Because, you know, we've got, a, we've got a God who's outside of time. Imagine that. Instead of, instead of looking at all, all the stuff that happened yesterday, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with the news and these things, but there's a challenge in that because I know I give more time to those kind of things than I do to actually getting in the presence of God and saying, hey, God, what's going to happen today? Who am I going to meet? Do you have a word for them that I need to share with them that you need to speak into their lives? And actually, maybe we get a vision, we get a picture of someone and we meet them later that day and share that word all because we took time in the spirit to be clothed with the spirit that's awesome isn't it but that's going to take self-discipline which is a fruit of the spirit this discipline being self-controlled it's not easy but it is taking seriously really seriously the opportunity to co-work with god and be filled with the holy spirit which has been freely given and offered to us that is the beautiful opportunity we have to take hold of and live in, in all its fullness or not. To abide in him, to rest in him, to just be in God. What a gift when we understand, but right down in that real raw place where that we can have this life completely filled with God, where he clothes us and we walk out day to day with him, that we see him flow through us and impact our world, that he would speak to us, that he would work in mighty power through us, that God would fill us and clothe us and he would lead us. You know, one of my greatest prayers for just my life really is that, Lord, not in my strength, but in your strength, there's a, some like pastor joke to do with they get 10%, everyone gets 10% accomplished in their first 30 years of ministry. And then in the last 10 years, they get 90% when they've realized that they can't do it. It's about abiding in him. That's the place of fruitfulness. And I love this. Sometimes in that we can maybe push ourselves down and think of ourselves as less and Smith Wigglesworth has this really cool take on um, that the, the whole teaching around us diminishing us diminishing and it comes from the, the the scriptures to do with John the Baptist and John saying I must diminish and he must increase and that's so right that's so true for John that John needed John's ministry needed to diminish and Christ was coming into his ministry and that needed to increase and that's kind of come come into the church of like less of us more of you and you know I I used to sing that loads I used to I I used to love that and and there's an aspect to that I, I get and I get the heart behind it this heart of exalting God but something that Smith Wigglesworth says, and I paraphrase, and I won't do the accent, who was from Bradford, um, God never calls us to have less of us, but he calls us to a place to become more. For our increase and for his increase. He said things like, 
greater things than these you will do. He said, wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that you will be clothed in power. When we're clothed with the Holy Spirit and we experience his power on us, and we work with the Holy Spirit, Jesus is glorified. Jesus is reflected through us. Jesus' life on the earth, the favour, the miracles, the joys, the groundtaking, the, the amazing impact he's had on world history. That, that stuff, it didn't happen because he was God. He laid down his divine attributes when he was born as a baby. He was fully God and he was fully man. But on the earth, he didn't work wonders healings and miracles and all these things because of his divinity. That stuff happened because he was a man fully clothed and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he's the model for all the adopted sons and daughters of God. The way that we can be, who we are to be. So it's all because of Jesus. He made a way that the Spirit of God could be poured out upon us, that the Holy Spirit has been sent upon us to do the works of ministry, to see us minister to this world, that we can never need to earn the Holy Spirit. We never need to be good enough for the Holy Spirit, that Jesus makes you completely worthy of him. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on a cross and he took upon himself the wrath of God over your sin. Your sin was paid for in that moment 2,000 years ago and Jesus' righteousness became available to all who would receive it, who would receive it by faith. The, the blamelessness of Jesus, that right that Jesus has, the Son of Heaven, the firstborn, to go before the Father and stand before the Father is offered as a free gift to you. And Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't received the Holy Spirit today, we'd love to pray for you today that you'd be filled. Maybe like the Samaritans in Acts 8, you believe in Jesus and the gospel, you're saved. The Spirit of God dwells inside you. You've been sealed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has buried you in Christ. You're completely surrounded in Christ. You've been baptized as a believer. But like those Samaritans, you haven't yet been clothed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hasn't fallen on you. If that's you, let's pray afterwards. We're gonna have that opportunity. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is the guide. He is the comforter. He is God with us. And so guys, today at this time, when especially in Hong Kong, it can seem like the world is going crazy. There can be fear about the future, concern about today, all sorts of unknowns coming up. In the midst of the trials of this world, we are the children of God clothed in the Spirit of God, living each and every day, knowing that God is with us. So pray, be the hope bringers. 
be the, the heralds of peace out into the spheres that you move in and carry the presence of God out into the society that you minister to. Sarah, can I just invite you to, to come back up? And guys, I just want to close reading a, a few verses from Romans 8 that really speak to our life, speak to our life in the spirit. So feel free to just to close, close your eyes. Sarah, Sarah pray, when, pray, play whenever um, you're, you're ready. So even if I'm reading, just start. Um, yeah, guys, close your eyes and just meditate on this. The mature children of God, this is Romans 8, 14. The, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Guys, that we would be the mature children of God, moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's my heart and prayer for us all. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And I think actually God's saying, there's people on the podcast, there's maybe people here today who you don't feel worthy to be called child of God. And I just want to speak to you, that is not on you, that is on him. And there's nothing that you, you could never be good enough in yourself to be called child of God. It's everything that Christ has made you. It's everything that Christ has given you freely. And the verse continues, it says, And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father, beloved Father, beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. Guys, you've got to be in the Spirit and dwelling in the Spirit and abiding in the Spirit because you've got to know the fatherhood of God in your life. On this Father's Day, if you do not know the fatherhood of God, you've got to abide in the Spirit because He will lead you and He will whisper to you and He will reveal the true, the beauty of the fatherhood of God towards you. The Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. Are you here today or you're listening to the podcast and you know that you're not his child? You never come back to the father or you've walked away from him. Today is the day to come back to him. Today may be the most important day in your life. The day that you discover God. The day to say, God, make me your child. I'm going to call you father. So guys, if you haven't already, just clo close your eyes. And I want to invite you, if you're here or listening on the podcast, to pray this after me, to make this declaration, to say, God, I want a relationship with you. I want to come into relationship with you. I want to start life with you. I want to come back to you. Father, thank you for making me your child. Just pray this after me.
Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on a cross for my sin. Forgive my sin. And Lord, I forgive those who have sinned against me. Thank you that you took the Father's wrath over my sin upon yourself. Thank you that you make me blameless. That I can stand before God. Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit that you would never leave us. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you have come alongside my life as comforter and guide, aid and helper. Empower me today. Lead me into a life of love, joy, and peace. God, I choose to walk with you today. And from this day forward, knowing you are with me. Guys, if you prayed that, just as all your eyes are closed, if you prayed that and you're in here, please just pop your hand up in the air. love to come and speak and pray with you afterwards if you're on the podcast and you prayed that please uh, send us a message love to get in touch pray with you support you so guys I'm just gonna pray for this meeting and we're gonna have a response time If you want specifically to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, I just want to invite you just to put your hands in your lap with your palms facing upwards, hands open, palms facing up, and I'll come around and just pray for you in that, or may just come around anyway, but I'm just going to pray for the meeting. And guys, I just encourage you, if you've not been filled, or if, even if you have and you just want this fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, just invite him. You just have to pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Jesus, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit today. Father God, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for this place. I thank you for every single person here and the journey that every single person is on with you. We just invite you, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in this place, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Just fall afresh on us. Fall afresh on us. Lord, I ask that you just minister to each person where they're at. Fill us afresh, God.
maybe guys, there's something you've had on your heart to be working with God in, partnering with God in. Engage with him in that. Say, Holy Spirit, I can't do that thing without you. I need you. Please come fill me afresh just now. Father, I thank you that you are mighty and that you are awesome, Lord. And I just pray your blessing on every single person here that as we live and we walk out our lives with you, God, as we work out this beautiful life with you, God, that you would just lead us to deeper, more amazing places in your presence, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.